Hey, how's it going? This is the fourth episode of the Two Dudes Talk Movies podcast. I'm Drew. I'm Cam, and today we're talking about the 2019 true crime film Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, starring Zac Efron, Lily Collins, John Makovich, Kaya Scodelario, Haley Joel Osment, and it was directed by Joel Berlinger. Drew, what is the film about? Uh, the film is about basically the events that transpired after uh, the arrest of Ted Bundy. And it kind of goes into, not kind of, but it mostly goes into the trial that took place after which where he ended up representing himself. And it basically opened the doors to uh, like 30 or more uh, people uh, being discovered that he killed. And all the while throughout the film, it covers kind of the psychological damage that uh, was caused on his girlfriend uh, throughout a good portion of their lives. And it just kind of shows the true events of Ted Bundy, one of the most famous and murderous serial killers of all time. Uh, Cam, what are your general opinions towards uh, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile? So this isn't my first time watching it. I watched it when it came out in 2019, and I really liked it then. I think I liked it more back then because it was my first time. But And I probably would have said back then that this would have been my favorite movie for some, for a long period of time. But in general, I did like it. Uh, I think that the casting really did it. The cast was, like, the thing that brought it together and the similarity between characters back then and who was casted for the to play the roles this time around. But it did a good job. And what did you, what did you think of it? Um, I think the movie um, was pretty good in the sense that it helped general audiences who wasn't, like myself, who wasn't very knowledgeable on kind of the aspects of the case and kind of the how, like, outrageous it was and kind of how crazy it was. And uh, I thought it did a good job of covering certain beats that could have, like, uh, really geared towards those who know the case and who don't. So, like, certain details, you'll be like, who, if you've read the case, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I, I see that what they're doing there. And if you're not, you're just like, oh, okay, I understand what they're trying to do. But I thought the movie was very well made. I thought the acting was very good. I thought Zac Efron did a really good job. And I think overall it serves as a really good true story uh, movie, and I uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I th I know we talked earlier, but we can say that the critical reception for this movie was not it wasn't bad, but it wasn't very it wasn't extremely positive for a movie that I think deserves a little more respect than it got. Yeah, um, this one I saw like Ron Tomatoes had like a fifty percent or something which, like which that. Which you can't really trust them anymore. But. Yeah, and. I looked at other reviews just to see their ratings, and it was like below, if average, or mostly below yeah. average, and like bland. I think that yeah. was the word they used most of the time. Was yeah, bland. And, yeah, and they just said it just wasn't anything special for the most part, which I kind of disagree with. I think this is one of those movies for act for big name actors like Zac Efron that goes under the radar. Another example of this would be True Story with Jonah Hill and uh, James Franco. James, yeah, yeah, that one was a really good movie. And I don't think that got talked. That doesn't get talked about yeah. a lot. It, which is strange because you think that because I know this movie was pop, it wasn't popular, but a lot of people saw it because of Zac Efron and kind of because it was released on Netflix, kind of the, that appeal and that availability. Um, but yeah, it's weird that some movies that have really big actors playing uh, like serial killers or playing like people in true events, some of them just go under the radar. Like True Story, I, I know that one under the radar, and I. You, I don't know why, because it's two big, extremely big actors. I think it's because these are roles that people aren't used to. People know Zac Efron for High School Musical and yeah. like 
you know, love they, interest. They're probably going in with the notion that he's just not going to be good just yeah. because of his past roles, probably. And James Franco with that, he's just known for doing comedy films with Seth Rogen and stuff, so they, pro- they probably didn't pay attention to that, to Don't this one. Spider Man. He was in Spider Man. Yeah, yep, Harry. Yeah. Um, while we're on the acting, uh, we can just go in a little more in detail. What do you think overall of Zach Efron's performance in more detail? So it wasn't horrible. I act- It was actually really good, but I don't think he wasn't my favorite actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Lily Collins, who played uh, Elizabeth, uh, Ted Bundy's girlfriend, I think she did the best role, did the best job. Her emotional scenes were brought out more emotion in viewers or it brought out in me at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, James Franco, some of his scenes where he got emotional, it just wasn't. You mean Zac Efron. Who does that? You said James Franco. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. Edit that uh, out. But um, <laughs> he made a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just. I don't, some of his emotional scenes just weren't the best. Uh, like when Liz was leaving the jail, uh, and he tried to give her the book, it just didn't. It just didn't feel real. I guess. Yeah, I. I think I think he did a really good job. I think the thing that I really took from it was that uh, first of all, he looked like he looked he doesn't look exactly like him, but I think for the kind of the costume design and the hair design, he looks pretty like similar to him, especially in that one scene. Uh, there's a scene in particular where it's a real life interview where Ted Bundy talks from prison uh, to reporters basically on if he did the crimes and he's very persistent that he did not do the crimes and he has a beard. And I think that scene just he looked so much like him. So you can't doubt the people who worked behind the scenes to make him look like, like Ted Bundy because they did a really good job. But I kind of saw his performance. It wasn't that he wasn't. Uh, I thought it was pretty good for the idea that he is a sociopath. And so kind of some scenes where it's like it seems like a little off to general people. I think you can just boil that down to him trying to get into the mind of him who he died in 1989, I believe. Yeah. A uh, d- death sentence. Yeah. The electric chair. The, yeah. The electric chair. And so, yeah, I thought his, his acting was pretty, it was pretty decent. I'd say, I'd honestly say it's probably his best role, but I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that. I mean, there's not really a lot to choose from. He was high school musical in Baywatch. So, I mean, take that with what you will. Um, but yeah, I, I can agree with you that Lily Collins does a, a really good job in her scenes. And I think that, the reason why he did a good job, like you said, but well, I guess we're going into the are still acting, but I like that they chose him because Bundy was more so like a a ladies man, I guess you could say, yeah, or put the word on it, guy Hand, that, yeah, yeah, pretty boy, or whatever. And then some people can get that out of Zac Efron too. They know him as the love interest in in High School Musical, and then you know seeing him in this, that it kind of makes the viewers want to root for him at the end of the, during the film. Yeah, because, it's very interesting. What yeah. Because they just know him as this nice guy, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I liked how that worked out, though. Yeah, I think it. I think it plays well into the idea that he used his looks and his charisma to kind of get these women to come with him, and then you know harm them in those ways. And uh, I think, yeah, and it kind of leads people. Uh, although it can make people like only watch the movie for Zac Efron instead of kind of the subject matter that it's portraying and that's trying to get across. But I think overall the acting was just good across the board. There wasn't an actor you looked at and goes, oh, they're phoning it in. But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the acting. I thought it, the acting is probably what kept me most involved in the in the film. Yeah, that and the, uh, I think, dialogue, too. Yeah, the dialogue. The dialogue and the writing was pretty, I can agree that it was pretty decent, like, in the way, especially uh, towards the end. I thought, even though it's true events. Dude, uh, uh, the court case? Yeah, the yeah. court case. The way, the way 
because, you know, this was all televised. It was a televised trial. And so it's real life. So it's not like this is, you know, coming up. Someone's coming up with this on in their own minds. But I think the way it was portrayed and the way that they shot and edited it was really, you know, it kept you invested. But we we probably should talk about kind of our thoughts on the beginning of the film and kind of how the the timeline of his you know, transgressions with the police and kind of his uh, imprisonment, we can talk about that. So what do you think about that? So, well, do you mean more so, well, the beginning as in what, the jail cell? More, more so kind of how, uh, like, time takes place and kind of how time is, oh. like, the timeline of it, basically. Okay, so in that aspect, it moves really fast. Yeah. Uh, it's, they just, at the beginning, they just change scenes, like, every couple yeah. minutes, every... Every couple of minutes, it's a different year, so it's hard to keep up. And I know we talked about it earlier uh, that the age, his aging, and how he looks in his face, just doesn't really change. But other than that, it wasn't that part didn't really bother me that much. Yeah. But I, it is something I picked up on, like yeah. the timeline is moving really fast. Yeah, I can, I think that after the first like five minutes, it just becomes so much better with how it goes back and forth through time. Because at the beginning, we're seeing basically the end before he. Uh, goes to the electric chair and his uh, girlfriend comes back and talks to him over the phone um, in the prison and then we cut to kind of how they met and then by the end of the film we cut back to that and it's jarring because it's going back and forth from him uh, being already on the death row and then going back to before they met and kind of just jumping very quickly and I think that if we just started with how they met it would have been a lot more like circumstantial maybe kind of how she's we follow her and then it shows her meeting ted bundy naturally Mm -hmm. instead of already setting up that and kind of leading into it but after that it really does just not fix itself but it definitely becomes a little more like um compact and kind of how it does it and it becomes a little more easy to to comprehend but uh yeah with the aging I know, I know at the end of the movie, he's obviously aged because it was, like, taking place 10, ten years. years Yeah, after he was uh, found guilty. But, yeah, it's weird because, you know, his hair changed so much throughout the trial and kind of the years. And so it's like he looks sometimes younger in, like, later dates. Five years out. Yeah, yeah the beginning. because of his hair. And, but, I mean, it's one of those things where it's, what are you, like, what are you going to do? Like, it, 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 those are, in, like, five years, those are, like, minor aging, especially since he was in his... 20s. 20s so yeah and also something to uh note uh that he was uh a lawyer he was going to college to be a lawyer uh and that he used kind of his knowledge from that to kind of portray this image of innocence to the public and so that was a, definitely an aspect of the movie that was really like that was probably the most interesting part of the movie kind of how he was able to represent himself what do yeah, you think of that i liked it i saw some clips from when it actually happened mm-hmm, and yeah. I like some of the resemblances between, you know, the finger wag when the when Ted Bundy's like waving his finger at the judge and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. The, uh, I like that was a real thing that happened. Yeah. So seeing that come to life was pretty interesting because uh, he he played the part really well. And then I saw another video with Zac Efron. He was like doing a shot by shot thing, um, just talking about different parts of the movie. Yeah. And that part came up like he I don't know, he just had some critiques about that about the court scenes, but. That was really interesting from the movie standpoint and yeah. for real life because obviously that doesn't typically happen. We just yeah. get a, a guy just gets a lawyer, but seeing that happen was it was inter- I'm pretty sure it was entertaining back then, mm-hmm. seeing it live. And this was the it was on television. Uh, yeah, this was the first national. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah first televised uh, court case. In yeah. History. So um, yeah, I 
I yeah, I, what you said, I found it like really interesting how they like took things, they took real life things that happened, uh, kind of like how the new Elvis movie did, where they like when you put a side by side, it's almost identical to kind of how his mannerisms were. It's not like that specifically mm-hmm. because you know he wasn't televised 100 percent of the time like Elvis, but the way they implemented that into a movie with Zac Efron and with yeah as him was really I thought it was really well done. Uh, I think the idea that he was able. I think it just shows how like dated like cri- like crime investigation was at the time because they they were so uh, like uh, they really were only reliant on like his like biting uh, his teeth yeah kind of the way his teeth were uh, aligned and everything because this was in 1970 uh, I believe it's mid 1970 mid or late yeah when the court case started and it's crazy because nowadays he'd be in jail like that <laughs> just for having that picture and. Having his teeth aligned like yeah. that. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting that he ends up like defending himself to the ca- to the jury, and just kind of how he is so sociopathic that he like believes that he's innocent, even though so much evidence is just pointing to him not being. And he's just, I don't know. I just thought that that was so interesting because it's yeah. What do you think of that? Like kind of that court case trial part of the movie. That like you said, that yeah. was the best in- engaging part. Uh, because it's not common, but that is kind of crazy how you get so much evidence and he was able to try and defend it the whole time. And yeah. if that took place today, I think that was another thing. I read something. It was like the movie tries to point out that like white privilege happened uh, during that time period. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if someone else did it, not uh, not of that color, then it, he'd be in jail just yeah. for that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that was something that I, I had saw. But yeah, I liked uh I don't know. It was a good. That was the best part of the movie. Yeah, I think it was the best part of the movie because it, it's in a weird way because you know it's it's obviously proven that he murdered so many people, but it's it's, and I don't I really don't under know if this is a critique or a a thing with the movie. I think it's probably a critique in terms of the subject matter because it kind of makes you like want him to be found innocent in a way. Like it you, like. That just a little bit, you can just sense you're like, oh, you kind of like don't want him to do it because it seems like he's so, which is also probably a positive for the movie because he's so convincing that it might, you could say on both parts, you could say it's pretty disrespectful to like make the audience member feel bad for him because he's such a monster, but it's also pretty indicative to the way that he was able to convince so many people like out in the public that he didn't do it because of how charismatic and how much of a good liar he was. And so... I think I'd go for the latter. I'd say that that's just me hoping that that was their intention to kind of give the audience a sense of maybe not ex- not exactly like, but kind of what the public and the victims maybe have like looked at, kind of how like kind of how charismatic he was and how he can suck you in to his you know weird mind. But yeah, I think that's what Zac Efron does best because I already well obviously he's had money and we already know how it ended. But I think his way of his nice parts. I think his relationship with Lily or with Elizabeth is what really brings out that hoping he's innocent part because for majority of the movie, it shows only the good parts or mm-hmm. it shows only the good parts until the very end. And I think that's what makes the viewer want him to feel want that makes the viewer feel makes them kind of feel uh, what the characters are feeling in a sense. Kind yeah, of yeah, the women at that time period. Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, and. I think another thing that uh, I want to add on to that it was because they never showed, they never really showed any killings. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that brought another emotion that made us want to feel, made us want him to feel innocent. 
because I never saw how gruesome it was. And I think it said that he like killed like a twelve year old or something. Yeah, they mentioned at the end that and uh, that he killed. Uh, 30 minutes, 30 women were confirmed that he killed, and then one of them he was accused of killing a 12-year-old. Um, and so, yeah, I like you were saying, I it's very interesting that they didn't show the actual killings. I until the end where they show bits and pieces of yeah. that, but that was kind of the not that was kind of the nail in the coffin for kind of the lead way to the other confirmed murders. But yeah, I kind of respect it for not showing the killings because like other true crime movies will just get completely lost into that, and they'll just like be just showing them nonstop, kind of disrespectful towards the victims, which I think this film did a good job of respecting them, even showing a, like, uh, the, more, or the oh, names. Yeah, the names of the 30 women that were confirmed uh, murdered by Ted Bundy at the end. So I think the film is very respectful towards the case in that regard, and most regards, basically. And it just depends on how you interpret how it's portrayed. Um, so um, what did you think about the cinematography uh, of the film? I thought it was good. Uh, there was a lot of symmetric shots. Um, they were nice and even, and there was one scene in the court case when they were in the uh, in the court, and it slowly zooms into Zac Efron's face. I think that was one of his best. Oh, mm-hmm. the yeah, acting, and then about, like yeah. the tear falls down, and that was that was really good. Yeah. Other than that, in general, I really like. There was a lot of yellow in the beginning uh, and throughout. Like a tent to it, a yeah. yellowish tent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I noticed that too. And there were some stuff, some props and stuff. Uh, in the courthouse, the chairs were yellow. Uh, Liz, Liz's walls, Elizabeth's walls, in her kitchen were yellow. And at one point, when they did the uh, walk-up scene, uh, when they were pointing out who, when they were, when the lady was pointing out, out of a line, who, who she recognized yeah, from the crime, and uh, Ted Bundy had a yellow sweater on. He was the one that stood out the most. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that had anything else to do with anything except cinematography but yeah I, th- I think his outfit was very i think his outfits chosen for the uh movie were all were pretty accurate kind of because you see pictures and he wasn't afraid to dress very uh out there like yeah, not like out the, there in the sense that it was like it was very charismatic the way he dressed and yeah. i think that the costume design was pretty good i did notice the yellowish tint at the beginning mm-hmm. and then it kind of leads into more of a like a palish green or kind of when he's in prison it's like a it turns more gray yeah like it turns into like a so, more somber uh look to the film but yeah i think the uh cinematography was pretty pretty decent i mean there's nothing it's this movie's not supposed to be like a like a inception it's not supposed to ma- impress you with its like visuals and all that way because it's not that kind of story but i it was a pretty well-made movie uh for netflix because i know netflix gets a lot of you know flack for not not so much uh, cinematography and production, but it's always their story. Yeah, is is like the one thing Netflix just doesn't get right most times. But I think overall, this film does a really good job with its camera work and a lot of, especially that scene you mentioned about Zac Efron, where it just starts from a very long. It's a very long shot, and it just continues to zoom in, kind of showing his reaction to the to the verdict, basically. Yeah. And yeah, that was probably the best acting in the whole movie for me, uh, for Zac Efron. But yeah, it's pretty well, pretty well made. Um, what do you think of? I'm trying to think. What do you think of the ending scene where he talks with his uh, with his uh, girlfriend? I'll just tell you how why I like it yeah, first. I, uh, I, I, I like it because um, 
it kind of just shows it's very persistent. Like it's almost uncomfortably persistent with how uh, she's just trying to get the truth out of him because this entire movie he's just uh, like telling people that he didn't do it, even though he obviously did with all the evidence that's piled up. And he's just he just keeps telling her, "No, I did not do these things." And you know, I don't know if it's because he, in his own mind, thinks that he didn't do it. Or if it's that he's just lying and he's just so good at lying, I think it's probably because he is so sociopathic that he just doesn't comprehend that he actually could do these things. Um, but I liked, I just liked how the camera work got very uh, up close and personal, kind of in her face when she's really trying to get the truth out of him, and kind of when he finally tells her where the first body uh, that was reported that led to his arrest, kind of where that was. I thought that was a really good moment. I saw that. Uh that that actually didn't happen. Uh, not not that part, but the way he told her, it wasn't uh, wasn't uh, accurate. So, yeah, it yeah. was. Um, so in the movie they show it through like a through a through glass and they're yeah. just talking on the phone through mm-hmm. a payphone. But in real life, it was I think it was an actual conversation on the phone. Oh really? Not yeah. in the prison? Right. No, oh, it was. Okay. I don't know. He was somewhere. Well, he was in jail. I don't know where she was. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I don't know if I like how like he spelled out hacksaw where she was like really asking where the uh a victim's like head was yeah. and he was he spelled out hacksaw on the glass and I don't know how I feel about that. It's weird. Like I liked it because of kind of how the tension was built up, but from a like story and sensible standpoint, it really doesn't make sense why he told her. You know what I mean? Because and I think immediately after that, so he tells her where the body or the head is of one of his victims, and then uh, a detective sits down with a with a you know folder, and he's like ready uh, to start, and he's like, and then he just smiles and something, and then it's said after that that he, like right in that meeting, he confessed to thirty the thirty, 30. confirmed victims, and I wouldn't say that it's not like it's it's kind of earned just because it kind of goes back and forth with her trying to badger the truth out of him and then he finally does it but i just i think the way it was portrayed uh it doesn't feel like 10 years has passed you know what i mean because it feels like they caught him like and then like after the trial it seems like that was like a week because 10 years of that i would imagine that he would give it to them kind of through that process through the 10 years of yeah like you know what i mean because at the end it's kind of like oh he's right back mentally where he was when the verdict was where he was like no way i did this but then like one conversation he's like yeah i did this to all these people i don't know just it did feel a little kind of rushed i didn't like that it was i i wish they did i wish they showed her less uh elizabeth less to really capture her mental state yeah how alone he is yeah because she was in the film a good amount and if they spaced it out where she wasn't in there for a long period of time, they kept showing back to where she's at home watching the trial take place. I mean, I guess I would have been fi- It's fine to see her reactions, but over, like, years of not talking, years of him in jail and being alone, I wish they didn't... I wish she was just wasn't there as much so yeah. we can really see how long, to- how long time has passed. Yeah, I think, I think it is interesting because I think the film branded itself kind of as... Uh, as kind of through her eyes, like mostly through her eyes, because it, it's very interesting how he never like hurt her in any way, but he hurt all these women's, these women like behind her back while they were dating. And I think that it kind of loses that halfway through because it just becomes his Bundy, story. only him, and she's not in it for yeah, like you said, a long time. What do you think about when he actually confesses it to her, and they're showing like little clips of him? I, th- I think that, that yeah, I think uh, it was 
pretty well done because it kind of showed as little as it had to. Yeah. kind of just, and I think that, you know, for film that it was consistent because it would have been really nonsensical to just show a full-blown, you know, murder, even though it stayed so true to the not showing it. But I think, I think the bits and pieces of it being shown were good because it kind of shows maybe mentally that he only remembers bits and pieces mm-hmm. because, you know, maybe he's so, like I said, sociopathic and that maybe he is, it's just now coming to him what he's done. Um, yeah, I really, I really like that. And I know we didn't talk about it earlier, but, um, so yeah, what did you think about the fact that it didn't show, uh, because he broke out of prison twice. He broke out of the courthouse, uh, by jumping through the courthouse window from the library, I believe the study. And, um, and he was not apprehended for six days. And the film chooses not to show him while he's out of prison. And it cuts back, and he's like, six days later, he was apprehended. What do you think about that? I wish they showed more of that, but mm-hmm. I feel like if they're going to show... if they're gonna, I wasn't mad about it. I wish they showed it, but it's fine that they didn't. Because yeah. if they showed that, then they should have showed him, him murdering, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, I think uh, it kept it... F- Focused, but it also felt jarring because it cut six days later so quick. Yeah, I want. I wish I knew how he got there and, and kind of how he how what kind of what his mental process was for six days in the uh, mountains. But yeah, I it's very interesting why they, how come they didn't show that because you could say that it didn't fit the focus of the film. Mm-hmm. You could say that maybe that they were really trying to just focus on the court case. And so I, but I do wish that they would have showed it because it would have put us kind of in his mind, but of what it was like being out of jail and how he kind of survived in the mountains. Yeah, no and food, no yeah, money. No, yeah, and how he kind of survived. But I think maybe that the information of that just isn't, like probably they didn't know the specifics of kind of how, what he did because he was so, you know, secluded on that part of it. You know, I don't think he ever talked about kind of the specifics of his uh, escapes, yeah, yeah, escapes, and you know he escaped actual prison later, and I, yeah, it just felt like that it was very quickly uh, ran like ran through kind of on his escape, and but I think it, I just wish it went a little more into in depth, kinda, yeah, especially the second time when he broke out because the courthouse you can kind of just chalk that up to like it being like duh he's gonna get caught he just ran out of a courthouse and he was in close proximity with the police, but the prison. Escape that was more in depth because he had to like cut a hole through yeah. a wall through the ceiling. But, but when he escapes, it's like you kind of want to know one how'd he escape the full on prison, yeah, and then kind of what was the police's uh, like what would the process was of getting him that second time because that second time should have been much more difficult than the first time, yeah, because you're in a cell and that. And I saw it, they showed a little bit of how tight the space was, exactly, they had yeah. to crawl through in the ceiling and. I, yeah, I wish they would have shown more of that too. Yeah, I yeah, I think the main uh, thing for this film was just kind of how it it had a lot to to get through. It had a lot to get through to get to the court case and kind of the verdict and kind of the to his uh, death sentence. And I think that sometimes some of the events that people may not know about, even if you're a big fan of the of the topic of true crime and you kind of want to know the specifics, I think it might have skimmed through things that would have made it a little more uh, versatile to other Ted Bundy films or just true crime uh, films. Uh, but yeah, overall, I, pr- I I enjoyed the film for what it was. It's not, for me, I know you say it's one of your favorite movies. Oh, no, not right now. It was at one point. But oh, it was at one yeah. point, yeah. It's, still pretty, it's still pretty good, though. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I don't see myself, like, going back to it, but uh, just because of kind of the subject matter. 
But yeah, I can respect it's uh, it's decently made. It's very well acted by Zac Efron and Lily Collins, uh, and John Malkovich is the judge, uh, by the way, which kind of was a little jarring to start. Yeah. But it, you know, I think he did good. John Malkovich is good in anything. But yeah, what were your final uh, thoughts on the film as well? I liked it. Uh, it still wasn't. It's still really good, but it wasn't as good as the first time I I watched it. Yeah. Uh, but I recommend it to someone. Uh, what would you give it out of five? Um, I'd probably give it a three. I'd probably give it a three and a half out of five. I think it's it's pretty good. It's I think it's one. It's hard with true crime movies because they're such. You know, they're not something you're gonna rewatch because the subject matter is so dark. And but as a informative introduction for me at least and a general viewer of the story of Ted Bundy and just kind of how he ended up being found guilty and uh, being electrocuted uh, to a death sentence I think it did it served pretty well what would you give it out of uh, five stars I think I gave it a four uh, like you said earlier it there was a lot to get through and the pacing was really good for this even though they had a lot to get through and if they did everything like the escapes and the killings, then this movie would have been longer than what was it like an hour fifty two yeah, hours. So yeah. they did all that. It probably would have felt more. It would rushed. have dragged its feet a little bit. Yeah, if it went on a little longer, but but in, I'd give it a, I'd give it a four out of five. Three, four. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty good movie. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original, so it ain't going anywhere. <laughs> so uh, yeah, give it a watch. Uh, this has been the Two Dudes Talk Movies podcast. I'm Drew. I'm Cam. And everybody have a good day. And wait uh, next Friday for our new episode. Everybody see you later.